Uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. It's time for the podcaster patrons uh, that's here. You know, I say, well, I'm here to pack the lulls in. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to, I don't know, patrons. I don't have anything witty to say other than thank, thank you. I could sing the thank you patrons uh, for, because I didn't have anything to say. So I just sang and on with show. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, you know, so stuff you're thinking about or stuff you're feeling. It could be travel, it could, whatever it is, uh, whatever's keeping you awake, I'd like to take your mind off of that. I got a nice uh, safe place to set aside there, here, or you know what, the great thing is I'm coming to your uh, safe place, so even, you know, go ahead and make it a little more cozy. Uh, what is it? I'm going to create a safe place where you could set aside whatever is keeping you. Oh, no, no, I said that. Thoughts, feelings, physical, time. I'm going to send my voice Oh, I got to send my voice across the deep, dark night. That's what I'm going to do next. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, forgetfulness, uh, pointless meanders, uh, banter. Oh, oh, so friendly banter. Uh, and many other, you know, basically, I'm just going to be here to keep you company as you fall asleep. Uh, I guess it's not basically overcomplicatedly. Has there, has there ever been a musical with the song "It's Complicated," either as the title or like the um, like as the chorus sings that "It's Complicated"? Because yeah, I'm hearing that right now. But it's not that complicated, like, in some sense. So I'm going to do all those things. Really, what I'm going to do is keep you company as you drift off. Now, if you're new and you're here, I'm glad you're here. Uh, thank you for checking the podcast out. What I do or the way the show works is a little bit different. So if you're skeptical or you're not sure how to feel, that's perfectly normal. Because this is, like, of course, I say I'm going to hear, put you to sleep uh, so you're going to want more details, and I'm going to try to give them to you. Unfortunately, I have trouble delivering anything in a straightforward and clear way. Uh, but that's also kind of how the podcast works. So what I'm going to do is, uh, what am I going to do? I'm going to, um, oh, oh, structure. What I was going to try to do is uh, give you some details. So if you're new, one thing that a reviewer just said is kind of like a, Almost look at the show in a loose way, especially when you first listen, like let it drift in one ear and out the other. Uh, I thought that was a good analogy for the podcast. Uh, but what uh, what was I going to say? So structurally, what to expect? Well, let me tell you what to expect. The show starts off with a few minutes of business, and that's how we keep the podcast free for everybody. Then there's a, a intro. Then there's an intro, which we're doing right now. And the intros are like 12 to 15 minutes or so, or so of me kind of describing the podcast, uh, setting the mood uh, in some sense, and kind of just getting you familiar. But also, 
it, it serves a dual purpose of uh, being a long welcome. I, I guess I was just, I never I, have I ever described the podcast like this. It is a bit like somebody welcoming into your. I'm like welcoming you into. A, I mean, you're. Well, I was just thinking of the analogy of like someone welcoming you to their house. Like usually they greet you at the door. I'm picturing a potluck situation where I'm bringing a bed tent. Well, I guess I'm the greeter, even though it's your house, which is different. But so I guess that's why it would take so long. Like the intro, you say, okay, how's this work? Well, I brought a potluck, but this is my house. Well, yeah, I'll take that meat. You know, those are biscuits. Great. Well, so good to see you. Uh, well, come on in. Well, before you come in, let me see. So we're going to let me run by, run down what we're doing tonight. We're having a potluck dinner. Okay, so maybe I'll get back to that analogy, but I think you know where I'm going. So the intro, it just takes a while because it serves a dual purpose of also a lot of people wind down during the intro. They're getting ready for bed or they're already in bed. And I'm helping ease you off into bedtime. That's really the goal. Because uh, this podcast doesn't really work in an instantaneous way. And some people listen to it during the day to relax, and then some people skip the story. You say, well, where's the story? And I say about 15, I mean, if you want to skip it, just go 18 to 20 minutes into the show, and then you'll get it there. Yeah, so that's the, the intro. It's like it's something to wind down to as you get ready for bed. Then there's the bedtime story. You say, well... I need a little bit more. I like to get in bed. I like to brush my teeth during the intro, get ready. And then I'm in bed and I'm doodling and, you know, get the fan going. And then, uh, yeah, then I'm listening to your story and I'm drifting off. So this is the intro. Then there's some business between the intro and the story. And then there's a story, uh, like it'll be like a, like a random story tonight. And then there's some thank yous at the end. So that's the structure of the show. And what else do you need to know? You don't really need to listen to me. So I guess that would be different. I'm trying to think of that analogy. Well, I guess like, here's the thing. Like if this is, I mean, I know this is like a little bit hard to hold in your mind. So you only have to, like if I was welcoming you into your own home and, for example, wasn't confusing or strange at all, uh, then I'd say, okay, let me, uh, like you wouldn't need to listen to me, right? If I, the next thing I did was like, oh, well, come on in, let me show you around. You would immediately know, well, this is my house. I don't really like, I'm going to play along with scoots, but I don't really need to, like, I don't need to listen. Uh, cause you say, well, here's where, you know, this is the, uh, this is the room where you sit around. This is where you're going to put all the pot. This is like, where we're going to have the food. This is where we're going to sit. This is where I'm going to regale you with my adventurous tales of, uh, of uh, you know, shoelace collecting. And even then, you would have another level, you'd say. Okay, well, he's going to tell us about a shoelace collection later. I don't, like, even if you wanted to be interested in that, uh, I'm sure, unless you were a shoelace collector, and, and you'd say, also, Scooch is more of a, what is it if you're a shoelace collector that doesn't take it seriously? You'd say, well, this shoelace was on my 19, 
87 New Balance. And, uh, yeah, I have it here. Just wanted to show it to you. Uh, no, There's no way to know it's from a New Balance because it's just a beige shoelace. Uh, but that's why it has three knots in it, so I know uh, that's like a corresponding knot code. Is three knots on the left side uh, it means that it's from 1987. Oh, what's that? How do I know the left side of a shoelace from the right side? What do you mean these knots are on the left? Oh, if I flip it over. Oh, dear. There goes my uh, shoelace categorizing system. Glad we're having this potluck, and that you feel like you're like, uh, oh, I see you're nodding off there. I was going to tell you about this other shoelace uh, that has two knots on the right and one on the left. uh, Or uh, So I don't know if this one's from 2014 or 1418. You know, I did have one shoelace... uh, Oh, no, wait. You know, that makes total sense. It must be from 2014 because I realized I don't, I, I never had any shoelaces in 20, whatever, 14, 18 anyway. So this one, I do know what year it's from. Oh, no, maybe that's not, I don't know, maybe that knot looks fresh, though. So maybe that was an accidental knot. I may have to come up with a better system for organizing my shoelace collection. So you don't need to listen to me. Also, there's no pressure to fall asleep. Uh, which would be the reverse of this example. You know, in a social situation, even if you were uh, the faux host like you are in this example, you would probably feel like you need to pay attention and humor me because I'm your guest. And you'd say, oh, could you tell me, like, you know what seems exciting is that zebra shoelace. Uh, could you tell me about that one? Is that from like a, like a, like a set of L.A. gear or something? Or like one of those pump it up, you know, that looks like you really like had an adventure. Tell me all about that zebra shoelace. Uh, you wouldn't have to humor me, but that would probably, like, if you're in this situation again, good catch. That probably is a, like the one that most likely to have a story, except in this situation. I say, oh, yeah, um, this shoelace, uh, like I got at a 99 cent store last week, uh, I said, do you have any shoelaces? Uh, and they said, I don't know. And I said, do you sell any shoelaces as a representative of this establishment? And they said, look in aisle 11A. And then I headed there, and that's where I found this shoelace. Uh, believe it or not, it was uh, like a, a pair for 99 cents. And uh, I asked, and then I went up and I said, could I buy one for 50? And uh, then they still looked at me blankly. And uh, they said, no, no, you cannot. Uh, but then someone behind me in line, they said, I just happen to need a zebra sh- shoelace uh, from, for a craft my child has to do tomorrow at school. It's for binding a book about zebras, a report. Uh, what are the odds? And I'd say, uh, like, uh, they're good right now. That, uh, Like, I'll tell you what. How, do, how does it sound if you pay 50 and I pay 49? And they said, as long as you get the tax. And I said, touche, because uh, that meant that I had, like, uh, 
I had to pay more, but it was, a, we all laughed. Uh, and so that's like the shoe, that's my shoelaces. That's the shoelace stories, a new podcast coming out this fall. Shoelace stories. Sorry, I got lost there. Uh, so that's, uh, I guess a little bit about, uh, maybe that'll be tonight's story. Who knows? Uh, but, uh, so, um, what was I saying? Oh, so you don't need to listen to me. No pressure to fall asleep. Oh, so no pressure to listen. Like imagine that situation. I said, well, I guess I just did. I said, I'm going to talk about shoelaces. You don't need to listen to me. Like in that situation, it'd be great. Cause you could probably fall asleep on your own couch. Uh, and then in this, you'd say, okay, and scoots won't be there when I wake up. I'll just be comfy and cozy in bed. So no pressure to fall asleep. No pressure to listen uh, like the thing is, I'm going to be here for about an hour. So if you can't fall asleep, I'm here to keep you company just as much as I am to put you to sleep or to be here as you fall asleep. Uh, and, and that's, that's about it. Uh, I really appreciate you checking the show out. I really work hard. I yearn and I strive because I want to help you fall asleep. And here's a couple of ways we keep the show a going. All right, everybody, this is interesting uh, because I don't really, we, I don't know if we've done an episode exactly like this. We've done stuff uh, along these lines, I guess you'd say, uh, but it, this is really when uh, making the podcast uh, gets to be really, really, uh, where I say, wow, there's an intersection of uh, my personal history, my interests, and sleepy stuff. And so this is a once upon a time, but a real scoot story. Probably, you know, probably it'll be, uh, but like once upon a time, I wasn't, you know, a sleep podcaster. I was just a kid. And, uh, you know, some people say, well, not just a kid, uh, especially people that knew me, they would say, they would say, uh, it in a much different tone and such things. And I'm, I was the old, I still am the oldest of six kids. And we, uh, we we would uh, for I think it was for one week a year, uh, we my parents would rent a cabin at a place on Oneida Lake called Sylvan Beach, uh, and the family they would rent it from. They had a kid. There was a kid there my age. His nickname was Critter, and of course you probably heard of JJ, his older brother who played the drums, uh, and was cool, you know, and older than us and. Uh, you know, probably what I, I guess I never became like J.J. Cool, long hair, played the drums, uh, probably rode a motorbike. Uh, so what's my point? One of the things I remember about these childhood years is particularly this one board game. And it really has become uh, a little bit of a white whale for me. I guess a white whale within budget because they probably, by the time you listen to this, I'll have made the move, but I haven't made the move yet to buy one on eBay. I have made eBay type moves, which I'll explain in a second. Uh, but so we, we would uh, go to, uh, let's see. So oldest of six kids, you're not buying, even back then, board games, probably the prices have not increased as much uh with uh, whatever they call that inflation as other things have, I, I would say that board games have probably always been between 10 and $30. I mean, now they're probably on the higher end of that and up. And, and plus with six kids, you just never bought a new board game. We did, we weren't a, and there's not a lot of board games that six or even half of the six kids could play. 
And I don't have an exact memory of when this happened, but w- one of the things we do is probably go to garage sales and yard sales and flea markets. And we would pick our board games up there, along with other stuff to play with. A really great, uh, great place. I mean, pro tip, if you're looking to buy board games, uh, like garage sales, I mean, eBay's probably made it more challenging because so many people are buying stuff and reselling it. Uh, but, you know, other good places are Goodwill stores uh, and, uh, uh, like, those kind of stores, uh, like uh, secondhand stores. Uh, sometimes, again, the, the selection's kind of been whittled down. Uh, but at some point along there, we went to one of those things, probably a garage sale, and we picked up a board game. And it was like, like it became the board game of my youth. And we didn't have it for very long. Maybe only this one summer, maybe for one or two weeks. Maybe it was even Critters or somebody that they had gotten it used. But I'm pretty sure we got it used. Uh, maybe we had it longer than that. And, you know, you could search everything in the Internet. And I think, it, okay, well, let's back up, Scooch. You're right. Uh, before we get into any facts or research, uh, so I just remember playing this game this one or two summers, and it was a vertical board game, or what you would call a 3D board game. It wasn't, it wasn't just flat. It had uh, like an upward board going up because it was a mountain climbing game. And also because I was a kid, I was watching a lot of, what's that show called? Not Wheel of Fortune. Price is Right, and Price is Right has that yodeling I don't know if anybody watches, used to watch Prices Right or does. Uh, but at some points, they have one game where there's like a yodeler, a mountain climber. I don't know what the game is. You're probably supposed to stop it at the right prices or something like that. Uh, or you're narrowing down prices and it goes yodel, you know, makes a yodeling type sound. And I think as a kid, you know, that and Plinko were my big uh, favorites on whatever that show was called, Prices Right. Uh, so this board game, uh, we we found it. It was used. It didn't have all of the parts, but it had most of the parts. And it was at least accessible for my brother, my sister, and I, which were within two years of age of one another because my brother and my sister are twins. And not only that, with six kids and you're renting like a cabin or whatever, you want half of them outside at all times. So I can remember sitting outside uh, near the beach playing this game and having a lot of fun. Uh, and, 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 you know, you, if you're a regular listener, you know Scoots well enough uh, to know, you know, I'm not exactly... Easygoing would not be a way that's ever described me, uh, though, though it may have been. Uh, like, I, I can, you know, so wound, you know, wound like a spring... Uh, so playing this game has always been like a treasured memory of mine. And I just really, uh, so that's the setup. And then whatever, the game uh, got lost in the shuffle of life. And again, I don't know if we left it at the cabin. It wasn't ours, like it was a neighbor's game. Uh, or, you know, just like kids, you for you know, just like the movie that came out of the summer, to you know, to the story of toys. You know, sometimes kids, our attention gets distracted somewhere else. Uh, but this game always had a special place in my heart. And then 
It was actually like somewhere in the podcast. It would pop every up every once in a while, and then on the podcast it would come up. This mountain board game I had, and then again I remember. You know, I'm not exactly calm in all social situations either, and I have a t- tendency to like to to overcompensate. So I remember a long time ago. This is like so we like. Uh, like when I, not that long after I started the podcast, I would go to these podcasting meetups in San Francisco and, you know, try to learn more about podcasting and meet other people that make podcasts and, and kind of see what was possible. But so I can remember, uh, uh, meeting someone who had like different game related, uh, uh, podcasts and they were doing it for a gaming company and I said, hey, like, uh, like, uh, I think we were, like, talking about one thing, and I just went right off topic. And I said, I'm trying to figure out this one board game from my childhood. And I think I'd searched on, like, mountain climbing board game, and I couldn't find anything. Uh, and they said, oh, search board game geek, uh, I think was the site they told me to go to. And maybe I found it after that, or maybe I didn't, or maybe I was just searching the wrong way. And uh, I said, one day I want to play that game again, or one day I want to get back in touch with it. Then maybe a year and a half ago, or uh, right after I started uh, podcasting full time, uh, I started thinking about it, I think because it came up in the podcast. So I said, let me look on eBay and see if I could get that game. Oh, I think that was a year I was buying gifts on eBay for the most part, uh, uh, like uh, maybe. Maybe not, but whatever. Uh, so I looked up these the game, and I found it, and uh, or maybe I just searched it. And at the time, there wasn't either it was price prohibitive or there wasn't any actual games. Uh, but there were a few parts, and so I ordered the parts because they were, like, not that expensive, like a couple bucks. Like, oh, a boulder. And maybe there was even part of the game board. Now, I hadn't... For some reason, the last thing I bought at eBay, I had shipped to my work address, uh, and somehow the, those parts got shipped to my old work address. And I still had heard from my coworkers, a few different ones, like, hey, we got this stuff here from eBay for you. I mean, very small stuff, uh, and we'll get it to you. And then somehow in the trans, it never made it, uh, and I haven't followed up and been like, hey, you, you seen my, uh, my boulder from my 1980s board game? Uh, or my, you know, mountain climber piece or whatever. But so those are out there. And then, I don't know, like, I guess, like, when I'm recording this, it's summertime. So I was thinking about the game again. And then I said, what, like, why don't we do this as an episode? Like, uh, we get to do travel down memory road. I haven't really researched the game at all. And so as I talk about it, it'll be fresh for me. So why don't we see how that goes? Okay, so the first thing I have here that I found on an eBay search was, uh, well, I found the name of the game, and then this is the assembly instructions for the game. Uh, So let's read through this first, and then we'll probably look at the box after this. Uh, So the name of the game is Oh, What a Mountain, with like a, what is that, um, what is it called when it's with an exclamation point? And it does have its own kind of interesting font, font uh, and it says, oh, what a mountain game. And it's that's in a red rounded square or rectangle with a black border. 
And this is assembly instructions. And this is, uh, see the bottom, see the box bottom for a photograph of a completely assembled game and use that as a handy, quote, put together guide. Okay, so this is if you bought it new, which we did not do, but it's like you remove all plastic parts from the box, uh, uh, break off the pieces that are on plastic runners, uh, refer to illustrations one through seven, group the following part, pots, parts together. Uh, there's four pawns, four flag parts, uh, the flag post, oh, there's four pawns, see figure one, four flag parts, the flag post, the connector, the flag peg and the rubber band, three out on a limb parts. Yeah, so the, oh, the other thing about this game was that it's like a, one of those infernal, like a machine where stuff happens. That was like, because they never got to play that, mount, like that other, whatever they could, what are those games called? Incredible Machines. I, I know it has a thing, but uh, so we never got to play, you know, like Pee Wee, the thing that makes Pee Wee's breakfast. Uh, so that was another thing is like you could do one thing in this game and trigger something in a different part of the board, uh, which to me was just mind-blowing. Uh, three out on the limb parts, a limb and two limb clips, uh, two big rock parts, a big rock and an arm, uh, two bigger rock parts, a bigger rock and an arm, two battering ram parts, the ram and the connector, two... Uh, bomb, um, a bubbleable snowball uh, parts of the snowball and the connector. And now the pressure sensitive labels must be attached to the above parts. Those are stickers, pressure sensitive labels. Uh, uh, figures one to seven to show the correct positioning of the labels on the plastic parts. Just peel the labels uh, from the sheets and press them on the rib side of the parts. Make sure the labels are positioned to fit exactly within the shape of the ribbing. So this only came with two two This one, this eBay listing only has two pages of the instructions. And the second page is not readable. Um, I think it's like figure 15. And it shows the back of the, um, the assembly where there's the out on the limb assembly. Uh... Yeah, I can't read anything else. A couple of the snows and something. So that's that's like a, a little bit about the instructions. Okay, let's check this other eBay listing here. Uh, and this eBay listing has an overall, like, maybe even marketing picture because it has the board, the game set up, uh, the four game pieces. So there's four game pieces and the cover of the box. So I want to get a little bit of deeper... Uh, look before I get into it, uh, see what kind of close-ups we have. Uh, looks like it has board cards, climbing cards. Uh, oh yeah, this is kind of to show if you bought it, you'd kind of get all the pieces. Uh, let's see what stats. This is over at boardgamegeek.com. It was published by Milton Bradley. It has a 30 minute playing time, two to four players. Its overall rank on uh, Board Game Geek is 15,270 out of children's games is 525. Uh, complexity rating is a 1.6 out of 5. Its overall uh, it has a 5.0. I don't know if that's out of 10. Uh, let's see, Milton Bradley, 
1980 was published. I was probably playing this in 1983, 4, uh, 5, 6, somewhere in there. Um, and yeah, let's see what else we can find here. I just got to find some good pictures. Uh, it, uh, you probably have to hit up Google for that. Okay, so here's the inside. Like, if you open the box, like, and the, um, or I don't know if this is the back of the box or what, but it says, Oh, what a mountain game. A real cliffhanger. Who will reach the peak of the three, three-dimensional mountain first? Uh, oh, what a mountain is. Oh, what fun. An exciting uh, path that challenges you to find the quickest route up a very merry three-dimensional mountain. This is like the Write a Sleep podcast. Uh, on the climb, you might go ram-watching, meet the bubble snowball, or fall over the falling rocks. Uh, there are H-A-Z-A-R-D-S's that actually move. Uh, so Eddie Hazard, uh, uh, pushing, pushing, sweeping you and your fellow climbers from the path and back to the uh, buddy, the the aiding climber station at base camp number one. Uh, don't forget the, the the deep dark cave either. Wow, so this is like deep dark night. They have a deep dark cave. Uh, you could e- easily get lost in it, uh, but don't give up. Even though Owood Mountain has its ups and downs, the first climber to reach the peak of the mountain is rewarded with a winner's flag that actually pops right up uh, to announce the victory. Happy hiking! And this is, uh, contains a three-dimensional game board and vertical mountain and baseboard, 24 climb cards, a game board, sp- a cardboard spinner, Plastic spinner arrow, plastic game parts, pressure those pressure sensitive labels, uh, four plastic pawns, and a rubber band, uh, and it has a sneak peek of the peak uh, shown completely assembled here. Uh, for more details, see assembly instructions inside the game. So this must be the back of the game. Uh, let's see what else we have here. And um looking through here. Here's a couple of the climb cards flipped over. You may send any other player to base camp two. It's a beautiful day for climbing. Go ahead to spaces. Uh, you get a long distance phone call from your mom. Go to base camp two. And I guess because the uh, game was made on the cusp of the 70s and the 80s, it is very 70s, uh, the art, in a cool, very cool way. So looking at the spinner, it only has four stops on the spinner. So it goes one, four, two, three. Uh, very 70s, uh, like font for the letters. Uh, one is kind of a brown background. Two has a yellow background. Three has an orangish red. And four has purple. And then it's a kind of a circle with like a rope style border. And then some like very 70s, like like psychedelic rams. I mean, psychedelic in a fun way, rams on it. And hopefully I can get a better look at the climbing pieces. But there's a four, uh, four game pawns. They have a little hook like you're climbing 
and then uh, there's a ca- cartoon character in later hosen so a very stereotypical mountain climber for if you watch a lot of uh whatever that sh- game show was i said f- funning of life what was he called not f- not fan- not wheel of fortune uh showcase showdown no uh wheel of fortune no how can i not rem- price is right so uh, it looks like that climber uh, even has a hat or something, you know, something out of uh, the Alps, an Alpine climber. The cartoon's the same on each one, but there's a red, green, yellow, and blue climber. Uh, let's see. There's one thing that says on the board, like one of the pieces that comes out. I don't know if it does anything. It must. And this is just a close-up. It says, out on a limb. And it's a plastic piece protruding, protruding, it's a protuberance, I guess, from the mountain. It's orange plastic and with a pressure-sensitive label or sticker. And it shows a giant bird uh, and a climber on a branch that says, out on a limb. And the bird is looking at the climber, and the climber's looking at the bird saying, oh, dear, I'm out on a limb with a bird. And it's very fun-looking. Uh, here's the, okay, maybe this is what I ordered on the internet, the Abominable Snowball. That's at elevation 1800. And, it, it, like, uh, there's a snow person with, uh, with a, what is that thing called? Umbrella. You know, like snow snowing on an umbrella. That's just a background decoration. Uh, so lots of, uh, lots of details, um, I wonder if the out like then the bigger rock is actually a rock you uh, you hook in. So, so instead of when you go to the vertical on the board, there's holes, and you push your put your hook in the hole. You know, I wanted my daughter to experience this, and she was a big Scooby Doo fan. And so, like when she was a little bit younger, I bought two different Scooby Doo games that were three dimensional. Uh, one was like uh, I don't think they were based on the Scooby Doo movie. But one was uh, where you're climbing, I guess, climbing a mountain. Uh, and you can get, like, there's different things that can happen that dislodge you. The rules were not great as far as the rolling and stuff. Like, I can't remember how you determine how many spaces you went, but it was like, uh, it was a little bit of a not as fun, maybe. Uh, okay, I'm looking at the big board here. Uh, then the lower board. Okay, let's look at this. Let's see if we can zoom in here. Okay, so this is the b- baseboard. It must not be the first thing, though. Oh, yeah, there's start. Uh, so at the start is a is a later hosen wearing a mountain climber or shorts. He doesn't have. I don't know. Later hosen shorts. He has long green socks pulled up to his knees. Uh, he has like a, a pickaxe and a backpack and a rope. He's wearing a, a dress. What is that thing called? Like a sport coat, a pink sport coat or a magenta. Yeah, I guess a magenta sport coat uh, with a dress shirt underneath it. He's smoking a pipe, uh, which is not surprising. I mean, probably, I would think they would be smoking a different pipe, though. And he has a feather and a hat, one of those mountain climber hats. He's actually on all fours. Uh, and the letters start are running up his back leg. And then I guess you got a one. You, the first thing you would uh, land on is your new hiking shoes are great. Go again. 
if you got a two, uh, you'd just be on a space with a pine tree. Uh, if you had gotten a three, you would get uh, Hollywood buys a movie rights, uh, go to Lower Meadow. And it's Hollywood is written on a dot like a fake dollar bill with like money and movie cameras. And it's being held up by like a, like a French film director, I would assume, because they have a beret and the same pipe smoking later hose and climber. Uh, then the next thing is the last chance camera store, but it doesn't have any action. Uh, then the next stage is a TV interview. You get to go again if you land there. And it kind of shows uh, the later hose and pipe smoking dude uh, being interviewed by uh, someone in a shirt, a, a, a suit and a tie. And there's a TV camera. Uh, then there's an apple tree with dropping apples that's just like nothing. Uh, then there's the lower meadow, which is really like a lot of this art is cool. It has a cow, it has a stream, it has a fish, it has, it has another apple tree. As another deciduous-looking tree. You can see the mountain in the background. Oh, here we go. So then the next one is, uh, it shows the um, mountain climber uh, taking a picture of a bird, I think. Uh, this is where it gets comedic. And the pickaxe is resting on the ground, and there's a uh, a fuzzy friend uh, a teddy, a teddy, a teddy poo going through the um the the mountain climber's backpack as they take a picture of a bird, and then the next thing is like it looks like a picture was taken. And it says Teddy Teddy Pooh eats your camera. Go back to camera store. So if you land in this next thing, you have to go back uh, to the camera store. Uh, then the next one is a uh, bird who uh, is just just in the sky by itself. Uh, then the next place on the board is a, uh, it's a sun smiling and looking up and it says, good weather, go again. And then there's a rainbow on the other side. And then there's another uh, space that says, uh, another forest friend, G-R-O-W-L-S is at you. Move back two spaces fast. And then there's an arrow to start the game. Also, there's other art on the bottom board, though. There's one that says a little pass. Uh, there's an owl. There's flowers. There's rocks. There's hedge hedge buddies. So a lot of cool stuff. Let's see what we could see next here in these pictures. Oh, here's the uh, picture of the summit uh, where the flag is popped up, and it says winner. Okay, here's a, cover, a picture of the cover that's pretty good uh, at the top. Actually, it must be from a commercial because there's like a behind the board game is like a, someone in white gloves is holding it like a magician. And it says, oh, what a mountain game. Sky high fun with Ozard, Eddie Ozard said that push, uh, so, you know, stuff to sweep you from the mountain path. Uh, watch out for. Let me see if I can zoom here. Uh, battering ram. It will get your goat. And it shows uh, the cartoon ram. The bubble snow buddy. Uh, it's rolling your way. Uh, the falling rocks. Uh, 
look out below and the deep dark cave uh, easy to get lost in uh, it says ages six to adult two to four players uh the first would be the first one up the mountain, Milton Bradley. And then has two kids, very well dressed, uh, very uh, 70s, 80s. Uh, a young boy and girl. The boy has like a blue sweater and a dress shirt on, and his hair is very well combed. And he seems to be manipulating the out on a limb thing. So I don't see any game pieces. On, oh no, I do see one. Maybe he's messing with his sister or his companion who's in a green sweater and a, like a dress shirt or part of another thing. She has a, a barrette in her hair that's pink or red. And she's giving her brother a look like, oh boy, did you just uh, out on a limb me? And the brother has a more like a little bit devious look of, uh, yes, I did. They're also playing in front of a fireplace uh, with a plant. I mean, probably a bit of a set. Uh, okay, so let's get, see let's send a couple other pictures here of it before it's put together. But, of course, what I'm looking for is, like, climbing cards or uh, really good pictures of uh, the game here. Oh, is this, a like, commercial? Yeah, here's one. Uh-oh. Oh, no, that's a different game. Uh-oh, Mountain. So, yeah, there's other, you know, there's other mountain-themed board games, Scoots. Uh, not just yours. Uh, here's one uh, from another place uh, that shows, like, all the pieces uh, in a nice bag. Don't worry, I'll find a really good picture of the game board, believe me. Okay, so I'm going to have to uh, go back and forth. I have a couple different pictures. I'm going to switch back and forth between because um, I have one really good picture of the game board, but it doesn't have the pieces on it. Uh, so when we go past the um, forest friend on the floorboard, then you go up this orange path, and then you're on the three-dimensional vertical. And again, a lot of these games are based on like the game of life, I think, which was very popular. I don't know, I guess, I don't know if these games have any strategy or if they're just pure luck. Uh, I think they're just pure luck, uh, but uh, fun for little kids, uh, I guess, to a certain age. But on this one, I guess uh, the first thing you do have is a choice of left or right. Uh, So, oh, and I guess if you go right, it's a different thing. So if you go left, you can go... Uh, out on a limb, which I don't know what that means, so we'll have to take a look at that. Uh, yeah, the next one is climb up a rope. Uh, and I guess the brown uh, thing is the, like, oh, no, no, base camp one is coming up. Uh, so, okay. So you could climb up a rope uh, if you land on that thing, and then you climb up a rope into base camp one, uh, which is cool. So... And you also get a climb card. And the next thing is a climb card. Uh, then the next one is uh, a snowball, which I think means you get to trigger the snowball way up top. Uh, and if anyone was in the path of the snowball, then they have to go back down. Um, the uh, Let me check this other uh, picture I have. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's a ram. So where's the snowball? Oh, snowball's up at the top. Uh, 
So, yeah, you would trigger the snowball, and if anybody's in, in the snowball's path, they get, uh, they'll be, you know, out of luck, uh, which is would be fun for you, not the other person. Uh, then you go, you could go direct to base camp one. There's also, like, the hole where if you go into the cave, you come back out, uh, and you, if you come out of the cave with a one, you land on go ahead three spaces, uh, uh, which would be one, two, three. Uh, so then the next one is go to base camp one. The next is just a blue empty space. Uh, uh, the next one is out on a limb. Uh, then snowball. So a lot of opportunities just trigger the snowball. Uh, then go again. Uh, then if you land on the next one, you get to go to Bigger Rock. Uh, uh, then again, if you land on the next one, you go to uh, Out on a Limb. And then you could go uh, straight or left. Uh, that would be people coming out of the cave or that didn't get to advance to Base Camp 1. That went left on the original path. Now, if you went right on the original path uh, at the first thing... Also, there's tons of, uh, again, background decorations. So there's, uh, at the cave exit, there's a, um, what is that called? A teddy poo. Uh, there's a turtle. There's trees. The turtle's very psychedelically 70s. Uh, there's a rabbit, a couple birds, a squirrel, uh, a couple of goats eating veg vegetation, Def definitely different vegetation, like straight out of even the 60s maybe, like the way the trees and the plants look, uh, like beetles, uh, was that uh, was that yellow submarine-esque. Okay, but if you went, so if you went right, uh, you would end up, uh, what is that, uh, the first rock that you get to go on, which I guess like uh, kind of wobbles. Uh, so you'd go climb card, blue uh, thing, and uh, then, uh, well, let me see. Let me, let me, uh, big, oh, let me get, let me see if I can find one more image. Okay, so you have, um, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Oh, maybe out in a limb shakes the whole board. I'll have to read more about it if I can. But so if you go right, you go, uh, you go on to big rock, uh, where there's like, it looks like there's one space where you can get a climb card. Yeah. But other than that, it's like one, two, three, four hooks that you have to get through. And maybe with, when I examine the back of the board, I'll be able to figure that out. Then you come out of the uh, big rock, you have to go right, uh, so let me switch. I have to switch up again and look. At, there's even a phone booth outside where you would call your mom, I guess, at Base Camp 1. I just noticed that. Uh, so, yeah, let's see what else. Uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot going on on these boards. Okay, so if you went right, you could go again. Uh, uh, then you could, uh, you would still go right uh, to a climb card. Uh, a couple other blank spaces, and then I think you'd go to Bigger Rock. Uh, let me see how the, um, it's like, you know, this is the resolution on these games and the internet of uh, games nobody play anymore isn't great. Uh, and this one I'm looking at, it looks like either Bigger Rock uh, could totally tumble.
Or maybe, no, they just, whoever had that picture didn't put the game together right. Yeah, let's see what else we have here. Uh, but yeah, it looks like you would go on that uh, a bigger rock, which is kind of the same thing. If the board gets shaken, your rock could tumble. Uh, then you get a chance to trigger another snowball. So if you took the two rocks, uh, it is a faster way because it's just riskier. Uh, then you could send any member to the cave, which sends them from pretty far up, uh, you know, out back to the be- nearly the beginning. So I guess, yeah, a lot of times you uh, think, uh, then there's another one, go ram watching, which is a big piece on the other side of the board, a climber card, uh, then a blank space, go to base camp one, and you can go left or right if you uh, don't get land there. Uh, there's a blank space, then a climb card, then thin air, uh, where you lose your next turn. There's even one of those uh, hounds that brings you hot cocoa up there, an eagle, other birds, other horned animals. Elevation is 81,000 feet, I think. Uh, and I think then you summit from that side. If you went right, you could get a, go down three spaces and then work your way to the summit. Yeah, but let's work our way back to uh, base camp one. Uh, I think that's where we were before. Yeah, at base camp one, you could take a, a walkway up a narrow ledge. That goes to base camp two, which again goes up to the climbing up on the bigger rocks. And there's even someone sleeping in base camp two, uh, which is funny. Um, if you go left, you go, like, or you're coming from uh, the cave. You can go left or right. Uh, if you go left, you can do ram watching, which I think watches the ram knock other people off. Uh, yeah, we'll go through that later. And then uh, climb card, a couple things out on a limb. Uh, I think a couple places where you're in path of the snowball. Uh, then there's one that says go into the cave, uh, the deep dark cave, like the deep dark night on the podcast. Uh and then you're kind of back towards getting closer to the summit. Uh, now, if you went the other way, so I like how there's so many different possibilities. Uh, well, I don't see any strategy. I can see why we've replayed it so much time. The other way, you get a climb card, go sunbathing on bigger rock. Uh, another one where you have to go on the cave. Uh, another one where you could go left or right, and then you trigger the out on the limb. Uh, one where you would lose your next turn, another one where you could send any, any climber to the cave, and the other way you would go towards bigger rock. And, yeah, so let me see. Like, so when you're in the lower part of the board, the, like, ram is the one that could slide from left to, to right uh, on a, a vertical slant uh, and knock you off uh, a bunch of spots on the board. Uh, and then on the upper left side of the board is where the snowball is. That uh, starts near the snow person and could kind of bump you. It goes like in a like a little bit of a, a back and forth motion, uh, which must have been fun to watch either one of those happen if someone was in its path. And then yeah, the rest is getting towards the summit. Then on the other side are the two rocks. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find anything with the back of the game, though, because maybe that was over on Board Game Geek.
uh, Board Game Geek does have a pretty cool four-panel picture of the Ram going uh, in, uh, like, an action shot of uh, someone playing. There's even someone, there's a duck pond that I didn't see anywhere before uh, in another climber, like, watching the Ram with uh, binoculars. Uh, and, yeah, the Ram's making a move on the... Um, uh, and another climber. Uh, let's see what else we got here. So that's like the game. I, I know there's one of the back of the game somewhere. Uh, maybe I just find it. Uh, it's like a teasing me here. Out on a limb. I still want to see how this out on a limb works. Uh, the cave is pretty straightforward. It, it's like a chute that drops you to the bottom of the cave. And the out on the limb, I guess, I don't know if you flick it and it shakes both of those other rocks clearly. So, you, like, if you do the out on the limb, you're kind of shaking anyone near the other two rocks. Uh, it looks like they could go from vertical to horizontal. And the rocks, like, so they're mo- like they're, uh, parts of the game board that are actually motion sensitive, I guess. And it looks like the out on the limb, maybe that's where the rubber band is. Let me see. No, but but it's like a slider. I guess that would slide those two things. I don't see, oh, the rubber bands to make the flag go up. And uh, let's see what other pictures we got. Uh, climb card, nominal snow bubble per- bubble snow person. Yeah, I'm just trying to see if any other cool... I mean, there's a lot of cool art here. I'll link to my research. It's just funny because it's like stuff you forget about, you know, and then you're like, man. uh," I mean, I guess now I'd wonder if the game had enough... uh, Since it doesn't have strategy, I guess I'd wonder if I would enjoy it. But I can see why I enjoyed it as a kid. And I'm looking through here to just kind of see what else, some eBay pictures, uh, any other nice details. It was just a nice, fun game. So I'm sure there's like probably a game maybe that you had, uh, that maybe you played. Oh, here's like an inside shot of the box. Uh, it's only of a corner of it, but uh, it talks about uh, the game board, how it actually moves, uh, kind of some of the stuff we talked about. Object is to be the first player of the mountain. It talks about setting up the game, but then it's cut off. Uh, shuffling the 24 climbing cards. Um, but I, looked, I kind of looked up a little bit. I took a break there and looked on uh, eBay for more. But, yeah, there's not really any more details. So this is like a kind of fun thing. And I think when you think about, like, how would I tell my own bedtime story? Like, there might be another good place for you to start It's like a like Tales of the Tape or board games you kind of remember or board games you do remember. Like if you really like are in a situation maybe where you're trying to get to sleep or you're trying to help someone else get to sleep, you know, just take like a game like uh, S-O-R-R-Y. Why are the games all named like that? Like think about it, T-R-U-O-U-B-L-E, like uh, maybe change it up, uh, like a good, yeah, okay, I'm going to tell you tonight about the game Good Living. It's the game of Good Living. Uh, now, maybe, well, let me tell you about this game called Oper- Operator. Well, maybe not about that game. 
Uh, let me tell you about the game Shoots and Ladders. Uh, no, then that's a um, Candyland. Oh, I don't think I ever, I think I looked at that, but I don't remember it. Uh, let me tell you about the game Bog, like, okay, let's talk about one of those S-O-R-R-Y ones. You got to slide. There's pieces, right? So you set up your pieces at a start place or something. Everybody starts at a different corner. And then you kind of just walk people through it like like that, bit by bit, step by step, uh, like one step at a time. Okay, and then you do this. Uh, uh, what do you say? I think you roll dice in this one. And I don't think there's any cards. I think you're just rolling two die, two die, die, two die or a pair of dice. And two people can't share a thing. So if you get or you're on a slider, you have to go back to start. Uh, and then you're trying to get all your pieces into the safety zone and then to the ending place. Uh, and, yeah, it can be for FRUS, you know, but it's a fun game where you say, sorry, go back to start, buddy. And, you know, or maybe not board games. Maybe we should, like, maybe think about Scoots' board games. Uh, climb in the mountain where there was no strategy. So you just say, sorry, I landed on the snowball piece. The snowball's got to go down. Hopefully it doesn't knock your piece off. I mean, for me, it was that idea of like, oh, if you do something up here to impact something down there, it was just so joyful. It brought me joy. Uh, made me feel like uh, I was already a part of technology. So that's, that's it, a little board game from my youth. Uh, oh, what a mountain. Oh, what a joy it is to put you to sleep. Thanks for listening.